The Holy Gospel according to Matthew, the 11th chapter. When John heard in prison what the Messiah was doing, he sent word by his disciples and said to him, Are you the one who is to come, or are we to wait for another? Jesus answered them, Go and tell John what you hear and see. Those who are blind receive their sight. Those who are lame walk. Those with leprosy are cleansed. Those who are deaf hear. And the dead are raised, and the poor have good news brought to them. And blessed is anyone who takes no offense at me. As they went away, Jesus began to speak to the crowds about John. What did you go out into the wilderness to look at? A reed shaken by the wind? What then did you go out to see, someone dressed in soft robes? Look, those who wear soft robes are in royal palaces. What then did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet, this is the one about whom it is written, See, I am sending my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way before you. Truly, I tell you, among those born of women, no one has arisen greater than John the Baptist, yet the least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. The Gospel of our Lord. Please be seated. Hope, peace, and joy be with you in the name of Christ, in whom we have our faith. Amen. Well, as our blessed Advent journey continues, friends, for a third week today, we give thanks for the joy that surrounds this day and this season. It seems strange, perhaps, even premature, to associate any day before Christmas with so much joy. It's like celebrating Easter before actually going through the 40 days of Lent. But early Christian history and tradition around this season established this third Sunday of Advent as Gaudete Sunday. And this ancient Latin word was literally an imperative command to rejoice. Be joyful. And not even all of our lectionary readings for this third Sunday follow this theme, at least directly. But Matthew's Gospel account shares the unfortunate context for John the Baptist in prison, trying to communicate with Jesus. Our second reading from James, it focuses on the act of waiting, as so many tend to associate with Advent. But this is an act of waiting, one that, like a for a farmer, does not call us to sit and wait for the crop to grow once it is planted, but to be busy preparing ourselves for what that crop will yield. But I want the focus today to be on this Old Testament reading from Isaiah. And it resonates loudly with the tradition to rejoice in this day. The wilderness and the dry land shall be glad, the desert shall rejoice and blossom. Like the crocus, it shall blossom abundantly and rejoice with joy and singing. This is an impressive manifestation of rejoicing, isn't it? The desert in full bloom? Have you ever visited a desert? You know that finding signs of any sort of life, let alone vegetation, is quite rare. But have you ever seen a super bloom 
It might be kind of hard to see with the lighting. I apologize. Just Google it later. I had never heard of it until my older sister started living in Southern California in the United States. Much of the terrain around where she lives, although not a full-fledged desert, is still quite arid and only acts as a habitat, habitat for very hardy, succulent plants that can retain the little precipitation that they get. But every once in a while, when a wildfire goes over and consumes the land and leaves nutrients in the soil, and then the right amount of water comes in abundance, a super bloom like this can happen in a desert. And it looks something like a Van Gogh painting. That's good, Kelsey. Thanks. You can just leave it there. It's a truly astonishing sight to see. The understanding of the characteristics of a desert, they stand in stark contrast in these images to the amazing symphony of colors that the florals provide. Simply put, life abounds in a place of death. This is a unique joy that we don't get to see with such vitality very often in this life, except in the life that we live in the name of Jesus. This means, as the prophecy of Isaiah calls for, by bringing sight to the blind, hearing to the deaf. And while we may not be able to perform the same signs, also known as miracles, as Jesus, we can be sight for the blind. We can be what the deaf cannot hear. There are robust ways in which we sing the joy of God's kingdom where justice, peace, and mercy reign. Verses 5 and 6 of this reading from Isaiah are the ones of prophecy that Jesus fulfills in the passage from Matthew. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf unstopped. The lame shall leap like a deer, and the tongue of the speechless sing for joy. This is an interesting parallel in Matthew's Gospel from John's perspective and that of prophecy. Jesus wants John to see and to hear the very things that he has done for others, allowing them to see and to hear. So perhaps it's not about the act of sight or the ability to hear, but the openness to believe. And perhaps his questioning, John's questioning about Jesus, isn't a negative thing, but the very question of this season of Advent. Are you the one who is to come? Verse 4 from Isaiah could be a sermon in itself because it brings great hope in any circumstance. Say to those who are of fearful heart, be strong, do not fear. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, with terrible recompense. God will come and save you. This verse boldly proclaims that reality of what God, what happens when our God comes into this world, even as a baby in a manger. And the vengeance isn't about God acting violently in a world that is already violent, but God violently changing everything about the outcome for us in this world through Jesus' death and resurrection, life in a dead place. God is a God of healing what is broken. 
This is the type of joy we regard in a super bloom in the desert. This is the type of joy we share today as our children rejoice in the telling of the story of the birth of our Savior. It's a radical tale, an unlikely event, and an even more unbelievable scene. There is joy this day in our children, in our hearing of God's word, in our fellowship, and in the many ways the Holy Spirit breathes life into us. Today, Christians praise the resurrection of Christ as just such a joyous transformation of everything about this world, of all things. To celebrate joy today means to celebrate this transformation. It's a practice for me when I prepare sermons to listen to a wide variety of music. Not any genre in particular, but this past week I was jamming to the Lauren Daigle radio station on Spotify, and a new song to me came on called Smile by the Sidewalk Prophets. As I listened to the words and reflected on this understanding and manifestation of joy, the song really took on some great meaning. Its words uplifted and rejoiced the reality of this life. It talks about how adversity in this life is a given, but trusting in God to guide you through and choosing a perspective of joy really does make a difference. So as you watch the Christmas program today, please ponder these words and what it means to choose joy, the same way our children communicate to you in their words and in their acting today. I'll leave you with the lyrics from that song, Smile by Sidewalk Prophets. Life is going to pull you down, make it hard to see, but a little change in your point of view could be just what you need. There's always a reason to always choose joy. There's something deeper that the world can't destroy. Smile when you think you can't. Smile, get up and dance. Smile, there's a bigger plan. The storm only lasts for a while. So just smile. Amen.